Not too many of you might know this, but I played a lot of basketball as a kid, including university-level basketball back in Belgium before coming to the United States. Still today, I interleave a good amount of sports into my workdays, especially so running, biking, and tennis. And I also follow a lot of professional sports. Sports and AI are both daily activities for me, but they rarely intersect. So I'm very excited that they are about to intersect right now. On today's show, we welcome Param Egde, the Chief Technology Officer of Catapult Sports. Catapult Sports creates sports-specific algorithms that help athletes improve performance. Soccer, basketball, football, cricket, hockey, rugby, baseball, NASCAR, Catapult Sports has it covered. Welcome to the show, Param. I'm so excited to get to talk about AI and sports in the same conversation here today with you. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I'm also a sports fan uh, like you, and I play a lot of sports. And I am also very interested in AI, so it's a great topic. I'm excited to talk with you. <laughs> you found the perfect job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To dive right in, Catapult says, we exist to unleash the potential of every athlete and team on earth. And indeed, Catapult works with over 3,200 elite teams globally, including the entire NFL, various NBA teams, Major League Baseball teams, NHL teams, NCAA teams, majority of the English Premier League, the Bundesliga, Super League rugby, and the, the list goes on. So what does it mean when you say unleashing the potential of every athlete and team on earth? Great question. So as you narrated, um, our tagline is, and our mission is to unleash the potential of athlete and teams. As you noted, you name any league in the world, uh, there are teams who are our customers. So we have a lot of several products. Um, you know, we're a software company, uh, right? So we use our product offerings to help these athletes, uh, you know, um, to be their best um, whenever they um, either they show up at their practice or at the game. So um, we have several ways we help them through our products. We have a lot of video analysis products. We have wearable technology products. We have analytics, data platforms. Uh, through various ways, we help them. And for me, particularly, it's super exciting because uh, you wake up every morning and you show up at work thinking that, you know, the work you do and your teams do is making huge difference in some athletes' um, life, right? I think and it's all, you know, science-driven and technology-driven. Uh, so now when you aid that with uh, the knowledge, you know, with, with the customers have, how they have been doing for years, right? When you combine all these things, there is a great, you know, um, outcomes for everyone involved. Now, you support so many athletes and teams. Can you give a few concrete examples of maybe some of your favorites of the kind of product certain teams and athletes are using? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a cricket fan. I grew up in India. Uh, so 
like everybody there you know i followed cricket <laughs> wanted to be a, a big cricketer growing up right but soon you realized uh, you know that was not going to happen so um we have um developed so many solutions uh, at this point of time one of my favorite thing is we have developed a solution to how to deliver a cricket ball with maximum accuracy right because every fast bowler their dream is to get into the head of the the hitter right the equivalent of hitter in baseball the batsman and a lot of them are injury prone all the time they they play a um, couple of good games and you know then you get injured so we through our wearable technology we have solutions which help them how to maximize the run up because it's they have a long run up then how do you deliver the ball and more importantly um since i mentioned about injury uh, how to get them back into the real games all right after somebody is injured so those are some of my favorite example and you mentioned you are a basketball fan <laughs> so yeah we we have a solution which accurately actually helps um, predicting the jumps because as you know like you know getting a good jump in a basketball is very important so we we recently developed a solution using our wearable plus video together um because when you know we have a lot of high accurate cameras uh, during the session you know practice sessions you can capture and also during the game so we have a solution we have developed a solution by looking at both together accurately helping you you know how you are doing um, during the practice session right so a lot of examples like this and you know we recently our athletes uh, won something like 24 uh, medals in um, Tokyo Olympics uh, so yeah so we we take a lot of pride in you know supporting them so whether it's rowing to any individual sports to a team sports we really help them you know get better every every day so you know so far a lot of times it depends upon coach's intuition and their uh, their understanding of the game right uh, how to make you feel better and we we continuously see these athletes embracing the technology and coaches embracing the technology so we believe when you put the existing knowledge of these coaches and physios and you know all the supporting staff sports scientists uh, combine that with data um, and ai um, that's where i you know we start to you know make huge difference that that's how we're helping now when you said um, basketball jumping how should i imagine this is this is this a technology where it can teach you to jump higher or what what does it do the timing of the jump is everything right i think i'm not a great basketball player but i i watch a lot of it yeah it's it's anywhere between you know when you move with a ball and how did you time your jump before taking a shot right uh, whether it's a three pointer or behind the arc or what's your movement look like when you are taking free throws and we have all seen my favorite example is i have seen in the playoffs uh, all these great players how they struggle to take you know free throws which can make a huge difference in the in the game's outcome right so when you are coaching that star player who is really great at the rim you know who jump high there but you know while you are taking a free throw um you know your mechanics so you can easily capture all that through the wearable they wear right you know um or wearable device 
then you you have all these cameras as i said when you combine these two things that's where our secret sauce starts to uh, show up now i'm curious if i if i double click on this as a player i'm being recorded i have all these wearables do i then have to analyze this on my own as a player and watch myself in these feeds or is there actual suggestions that come directly back to me pointing out things to change or specific little snippets to watch how does that work when i'm a player yeah absolutely absolutely so how it is done today as you know <clears throat> you know traditionally it is done is you videotape the sessions you know practice sessions or the games uh, you know you watch the game video after the games game is done and um, uh, you go through the with the player right you know as a coaching staff hey this is what i want you to improve they you know they point out right so our solution started as a descriptive um, you know solution right so we have wearable device and we have video so we have a lot of um, video analysis software and we helped these coaches and coaching staff to you know work with these players you know pointing them with the data um, along with what they saw right you know because they were there when that happened but then they also had the software and and the solution which helps them to double check or help them reinforce what they saw that's how it all started then now it's moving into more into you know predictive moments and prescriptive right in in general. so we are in that journey so basically we are taking away this burden from the player itself uh, but we are helping Uh, through our software to help both coaching staff and the players because we produce two sets of outcomes right how the coaching staff need to help the player and also if the player want to consume this after the session you know what are they seeing so we automate all that thing in our software that's where like a lot of ai and data come into picture our our algorithms um help prepare those recommendations in some cases or even accurately pinpointing hey this is what happened therefore you know you couldn't do this if you had done this outcome could have been better right i think that's how all the conversation so you can have this conversation with more uh, backed by the data and science actually along with the expertise these folks have now you're saying ai is backing a lot of this it's more than just recording data it's going to find the things that are interesting to look at and even make prescriptive recommendations um when you say ai can you say a bit more about how does this work what's behind the scenes a lot of what we've discussed in this podcast is you know deep neural networks capturing patterns in data is something similar happening here and can you say a bit more yeah absolutely i think uh, there are multiple things at play so we have a lot of supervised learning techniques which are in play in fact i wanted to point out before the whole data science and the data explosion which happened you know in last decade right as as you are very well aware uh, we had built bunch of expert system based ai algorithms into these products so it all starts for us with our wearable devices where these athletes wear and they generate very high frequency data for us right so we have set of algorithms which run on the edge so that's how it started so we have algorithms on the edge even within the devices right you know which helps you because these devices are very intelligent in in nature so they have accelerometers gyros and 
you know, uh, whatnot. So three-dimension data. Um, so how do you take that and make sense of those high-frequency data? That's where a lot of secret sauce exists, right? So, so we have some AI algorithms there. That's where the whole thing starts. You know, we also have a lot of video, uh, computer vision-based technologies. Um, then what we have done over the years uh, is, you know, as the data became much, much more and the computing and the storage in the cloud became more affordable. And so we have taken advantage of that. So our whole AI solution has evolved in the last decade along with the, the landscape itself. So now it allows us to do interesting things. Um, bringing all these things together into the cloud, taking advantage of the infrastructure there. And to answer your question specifically, that allows us to sit and observe, right? You know, you can start thinking about, you can build bots who are sitting and observing. These are all software bots. You know, there are certain things we know what's happening in the sports. And there are uh, certain things we don't know. We um discover, uh, you know, as we go. That's where a lot of neural network and deep learning coming into play. So we are extremely uniquely positioned as a company because of you have the, the variable data and video together. <laughs> um, that's where you can start building these very interesting algorithms using AI. Now, one of the things, for example, when when watching soccer, that's, that's pretty common is... Um, they'll say something like, this team has this percentage possession, right? 60% possession for this side. And they show that on TV. Um, and so I guess either somebody is tracking that or they have some software that they use for tracking this. And that's one thing, but I imagine that, for example, for soccer, you, you're able to use computer vision to track a lot more detail than just the possession. Can you say a bit more about what are some examples of things that you're able to extract you know, specifically using computer vision, I know we have a product called Match Tracker, by the way, which does exactly what, what you just described. So, you know, when the game is going on or a practice session is going on, it's very common to tag the events, right? You know, a goal is scored or somebody missed it. All those things happen. Uh, that's part of the, you know, tagging and the event generation uh, during the broadcasting. You see all that. And you also uh, keep track of the positions. And th these are all uh, basic broadcasting use cases. But on the other hand, as I mentioned, we are in the performance business, right? You know, um, our company, we we are observing, you know, how to help these this team and these athletes to get better <laughs> next time and next time after that, right? So it's a long game for us. So we are taking that video as it happens, you know, like, and also post-session, we are looking for things from the performance analysis perspective. Classic example is, you know, hey, there is a kick which happened at 65th minute, but however, it didn't happen the way I expected this player to do. Then we go back and look, we have the variable data. We have supplementary data sets to add context to it, why, right? So that helps us to come back you know, okay, in the in the video plus the variable data together, then we can add more context. So there are several examples like this. So you can you can start creating um, during the practice session as well as during the game. Could I imagine something where some substitutions are recommended to the coaches to consider because it's tracking real time? Somebody starts to move slower, react a bit slower than they normally do. 
things like that? Yeah. So every league, as you probably know, has different rules. <laughs> so um, I think eventually some of the uh, the rules will be relaxed. I'm not an expert in some of these uh, rules across the leagues, but you are absolutely right. Uh, so that's the kind of use cases which will start to form. And we're already talking about whether it's in football or, you know, in American football, right? Um, wherein there's a lot of contact sports in general, um, where you can start preventing, you know, do these intelligent substitutions or even prevent an injury, for example, because you do see some things in the sports, either through wearable data, which is coming, these players are wearing, or through the video, which you're observing, right? So, when you correlate these two things together and with few other data sets we'll, we'll have access to, that's when you can start building these extremely intelligent use cases. Yeah. Now, thinking back to the, the computer vision side of things, which, I mean, computer vision has been completely revolutionized in the last five to 10 years compared to what was possible before. I'm kind of curious what kind of progression you have seen in terms of what you're able to get from these video streams, let's say five, 10 years ago, and what you're able to get now, and where do you see this headed? What, what is the information that could be extracted maybe a few years from now uh, as AI keeps getting better and you collect more and more video data from all the players and, and teams? Well, it's a great question, Peter. Um, I think in threes, right? One is the cameras themselves, the, the data generators are going to be fast and more accurate and that data. Then the pipe infrastructure uh, carrying that to the cloud, right? Which has evolved tremendously in the last two decades. That will continue to evolve, whether it is on 5G or 6G, because now you don't really don't need to be constrained by the local area networks in the stadiums and other places. Then uh, the computing in the cloud is evolving extremely <laughs> fast pace, right? Whether it is uh, at the, at the chipsets are like the storage in general and the computing in general. So when you combine these three things together and uh, in my head, all the research element which has gone, I was thinking before 2008, 2009, uh, if you are doing computer vision, you know, so many limitations, right? And there were not many, too many practical applications. So now you are accurately like marrying two sides, the research angle of it, which is happening and also the advancements which are happening in computing and in the industry in general. Uh, to me, that's where um, now you have more tools available, software tools, open source, and the whole group of people who are doing itself is has enormously increased. Therefore, you are the beneficiary of that, and sports will be no different in my head. Um, so now you can take a live video stream and start applying machine learning on that because it was unthinkable you know, a few years ago. How do you take all these video streams and apply CV on it? Because you have multiple camera angles right, in, in the stadium. So you have to triangulate them and you, know, you have to build a system where you, each camera can be providing you interesting you know, data points. So how do you so the compute, the, the horsepower, which is available in the compute, it will change all these things. So now you can start to process it very quickly. Then once you start processing it, you can apply the models, right? You know, run through that real-time data through the pre-built models. Then you can start creating pretty much real-time insights. That, that's where 
I'm excited about like, you know, this whole thing is going to be headed. Mm -hmm. So you get these real time insights and, and it can really change the game in many cases. I can see why there might, might be rules about it and, and to make sure there's a level, level playing field. Now, as you start building this and this becomes more and more automated, right? It seems like one of the big things that could happen is right now you're focused on professional sports. They used to already have scouts taking notes on oh, so many things. And so now they get more coverage, more consistent coverage, but they were already doing this. But there are so many other sports happening, so many places that are not professional where there is no scouting. And I wonder, can the same thing be applied there? Imagine you just set up your, your iPhone on a tripod on the side of the field and let it record and see what can you get out of this? Absolutely. I think we have actually have a business unit which focuses exactly what you are describing. So in my head, you know, uh, as you correctly noted, there are a lot of technologies and tools available in the pro sports because that's about gaining that extra advantage, right? You know, extra one second um, you know, advantage in motorsporting, for example. I don't know how much you follow the motorsporting. So yesterday there was Abu Dhabi, you know, Formula One race. <laughs> yesterday I was watching last night. And so, you know, you get passed in the last second, right, to go into the second place. So those optimizations will continue in this pro sports and AI will continue to help with those use cases. But real uh, interesting things and real innovation will happen. Already happening is in the consumer space as well as even before that, this uh, tier three, tier four sports team, we call it as. Because in our lingo, tier one and tier two are, you can be thinking them as pro sports team and college teams, right? Then you get into high school teams, the example you are providing. I want to record, uh, you know, a high school team where my kid is playing. And can the same technology which is available in the pro can be made available uh, through, you know, as I said, like, you know, iPhones versus like, you know, your, you know, general smartphones are, their camera technology is getting better in every release, right? And, and getting cheaper. And so, and the processing you can do even on these devices with the, with the computing power available on the edges, unbelievable compared to like eight, 10 years ago. So now you, you start to kind of bring these technologies which are at the, at the pro level and then the tier two at the college level into high school or even you said like you are an aspiring or you continue to aspire to be a better basketball player. I am the same way, you know, playing in the, you know, uh, the leagues, right, of my age group. So I'm still competitive there, right? So I want the same technologies there. I, I want to I want to win. So and I keep thinking about how does this technology can help uh, not only for my use case and you know the, the the kids in high school or even some sports leagues which doesn't have these kind of resources, right? Which these leagues have it. And you know, that's where the real innovation in next few years, you know, these advancement in computer vision or wearable and you name it, that's going to make a huge difference. As I said, going to, you know, descriptive to predictive to prescriptive, because um, I dream of a day wherein somebody coaches me on my marathon training, right? You know, um, so there are so many of these aspiring athletes um, who, who can 
now take a device and wear it before starting it or you know have a camera something captures their training and comes back and tells them how to get better i think that's a great next set of thing how to bring this technology into consumers well i look forward to to that continuing to happen now one thing with today's machine learning of course is that assuming it's built on supervised learning then it's going to do as well as essentially the data that was annotated in the past and so it seems like it would assume that you would have professional coaches on your staff who can help annotate data that the neural nets can learn from. So I'm curious about that. Do you have professional coaches that do this? Because usually data annotation is seen as something that's an easy thing to do, but it seems in this case, it would be very different. Yeah, so it's a it's a great point you're making, actually. I um, Some of our video products started as, um, as you capture the video, I don't know whether you are aware, there are humans sitting behind and you know annotating that video actually right now. That's what happens. So our first generation of products helped exactly do that. Um, you know, a goal is scored or in, in case of American football, you know, it's a first down or second down, third down, right? So you are explaining the, you're watching the video in the stadium and you are annotating using our software, right? So our, our software actually has that video and it has a capability to annotate the event. So that's a leg up we have, right? Because we have all this annotated video already. So we always think about how to even automate that. <laughs> so using computer vision so that there is no human beings need to annotate it, right? So that's, and, but secondly, like once, you know, since we have so many annotated video sets already, that to your point, the biggest challenge in you know CV was to like you know having all these people classifying your cats and dogs right <laughs> in an image. So <laughs> that that's your like you know you have to go and find these. You know I heard one of you, one of your guests talking about chief undergrad students or you know like uh, so somebody like you know who can do this right for you. But here we we have that advantage of annotated videos. So. That's to us is like, you know, uh, is a big advantage because now, you know, you know, when you are watching the video, it's annotated, then you combine our variables. So we already have some interesting things going on. But, you know, you have to continue to label it better. It's not always going to be accurate, but it's because of the need in the sports leagues after the session is over or games are over. Not only these people who are watching it are, you know, labeling it. Then comes the sport, you know, the coaching staff comes and reviews it and, you know, relabels it. So by end of 48 hours after the game, you have a very good annotated data, data sets available. But uh, in order to bring that technology, as I said, to the consumer level, right? So now you need to automate it because, you know, you are the person who is taking the video and you are the person, you know, behind watching the game. So you don't want to sit and label there. So there are some good opportunities there uh, to automate it using the CV. Yeah, one thing that, that I imagine will be interesting in the future, and I'm curious about your take is, especially for team sports, um, if you think about kids playing team sports, I mean, there's so much going on at the same time. And if I think about, for example, kids playing soccer, it's very easy to track who scores the goals. And you say, okay, this kid scored 10 goals the last few weeks, so clearly they're playing well. 
But if I think about the other side, um, uh, people playing on, on the defensive side, like who's making all the all the stops on the defensive side for the goalie, it'll be clear. But for the defenders in front of the goalie, like who's even who's even tracking that? Who knows who's playing well there? It seems like that information is much harder to get. Who has the right positioning and so forth to to actually you know help the team win? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, you're making a great point there. Um, we have seen historically we ourselves creating a lot of. Uh, position-based analytics products. Like we just recently announced a partnership with Boston Bruins and LA Kings, creating a hockey analytics. So similar thing. So we have similar to that, we have soccer goalie analytics, right? So you focus on that. But the next level of things is how these formations are looking, right? You know, and from the defensive angle. For me, it's it's an unsolved little bit of territory, the problem, where you start getting into now, as I said, uh, start recognizing those patterns, right? You know, because you did this X, Y, and Z in the last game, therefore, you allowed these many goals. It's not just the goalie who made, who is responsible for that. Like, but what happened, you know, four minutes before that happened, right? You know, so, so you should be able to go back and, put in the context. So then while you're doing that, so you have to sit there and start analyzing and recognizing those patterns. That's why like, I think your deep neural nets will start to kind of form because now not only you are inputting what happened four minutes ago, then what are the subsequent things which happened created these formations? Therefore, like, you know, something you allowed the goal, right? So those are the moments you should be able to come back and take into an account and imagine I uh, use that in game preparations, right? And also like, you know, you add an, another uh, dimension to this. Uh, now you know who are your opponent for the next game and you have a lot of data sets and how they have done. So there is the layers of coaching decisions you can start making. And that's where as I said, like in the pro, you will start to optimize and then you start bringing that into the consumer level, right? Some version of it. So therefore, if you are a high school coach, you know, coaching your or a little league, right? You know, in your hometown, how can you have these conversations with these players, these young kids who can understand it and start putting the same techniques there? That to me is very exciting <laughs> at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Param, you got so much reach. I'm curious. Do you have a personal favorite anecdote with a specific player or team where Catapult played a role? Yeah, uh, let me think about it. So I probably cannot talk about a specific player, um, uh, but definitely there are, as I mentioned about our Olympians, right? That's how the whole company started um, in back in Australia in 2007, helping the Olympians to win medals, right? So there are so many examples of it. And we have actually a tennis player. Uh, you mentioned you are you love tennis too. I love tennis and I dream about having a robot one day which helps me coach better, you know, train better <laughs> with, with the context and, you know, taking all the consideration, wind, you know, how I'm hitting and helping me coach, right? Um, a coaching partner rather than the ball-throwing machine, right? So we have worked with a former Grand Slam winner uh, in, in tennis to absolutely help with his, you know, swings and, you know, how they train. So 
yeah, we, we have done a lot of work with a lot of athletes over the year. I think, you know, I believe like we are, we're not taking anybody's name here, but to your point, absolutely. There are a lot of examples we, we hear. And most importantly, we work with, you know, I have this um, privilege of working a lot of ex-athletes in this company. <laughs> I work with like, you know, former linebackers in NFL, some soccer player who represented their country. Like I, we have a couple of uh, colleagues who have represented, you know, Canada in, in, in Olympics as a women's soccer team. So, yeah, I, you know, we help a lot of uh, individual athletes, but along with that, we also focus them to help them win as a team, actually. I think that's there is a huge aspect because of our customer base is mostly like team sports. So along with individual, we also focus heavily on how to win as a team. Hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would love to get more specific stories, but it sounds like you're, you're not allowed to share those. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with, with what, what you can share. You didn't start in AI and sports. You actually have quite a professional journey getting to where you are today. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went to my undergrad in India. So I grew up, all right? I came to US in 1997. I'm a computer science undergrad. And there are a couple of things which interested me in my undergrad years. This is early 90s, right? Um, so I had this course a professor who taught me artificial intelligence. And there was another professor who was talking about parallel processing. Two things. You imagine learning that and in the infrastructure you got in, in universities in India that time, right? So where you are struggling to get a computer uh, because I saw the computer first time in my undergrad years, right? You know, I didn't have any access to computers. So what happened was, yeah, graduated, went to work, came to US and building a lot of interesting software systems. Um, I worked in my early years building voice over IP systems versus wireless infrastructure, 3G, 4G networks, very highly scalable, you know, systems with, you cannot drop a packet, right? Otherwise, your, imagine your phone call uh, is not going to go through. So before this whole public cloud and infrastructure was available, that was there, uh, right, in, in early 2000s. So that's what I did. Then I got reintroduced to AI a little bit in 2010, 11-ish. I was doing my startup. I had a venture-backed startup. We were talking about various use cases, how to automate to help our customers there. Then most importantly, I went to a hospital in Boston, I remember, to care for a family member in a neurology in a ward, right? Uh, in that floor, I would spend like three or four days and watch how they make a decision. Like there were cameras observing. There were wearable devices which goes on the head. I don't know whether you are familiar with EEG leads and other stuff. Then I saw like how a bunch of people saw all this data and you know, doctors were coming and making an analysis. And I was, I went home and I was thinking, there has to be a better way of <laughs> doing this to minimize the errors in, you know, uh, diagnosis, right? Uh, then I came to understand like, you know, HIPAA and all the data privacy issues in, you know, medical field. Uh, you have to be careful. And so that's how I actually got reintroduced to AI. That actually stuck in my back of my head and leads me into this path of, uh, you know, what are the other interesting use cases in AI? Then I went on to do uh, things in, you know, uh, to help some small businesses to save time. That was one of the companies I worked. 
then most importantly then i landed in this company where i in a k through 12 education company in 2017 time frame where personalized learning uh, was the big thing for us right because every kid in in us a lot of our software was helping the kids uh, who had trouble learning actually this is the special needs and what not so then i fell in love with you know how to help these children who are learning disabilities to how to help them you know using ai and in general then how do you extend that into every kid right you know they all learn very differently i'm not a learning scientist or anything like that but my expertise is in software but working with this group of people who designed your textbooks we all studied right as kids there are a lot of science goes behind it and taking all that knowledge these humans have and then using the interaction these kids are having with uh, with the computers so then you combine them there was an extremely interesting play there right so then i worked in to solve another interesting problem about autonomous plant using iot that led into this opportunity uh, with catapult which was i said you know you love sports you love ai you love technology <laughs> this is this is the perfect job in my head right so with a great mission i mean great mission of helping you know athletes right i mean it's we are all athletes too when we show up at work for example i mean i have a big team and you keep thinking about how do you you know unleash uh, you know the potential right every person has like whether it is kids whether it is employees whether it's athletes it's all connected in my head right you know so how do you provide this personalized uh, learning journey so that's how i ended up here i built a lot of software along the way um my expertise in software uh, mostly but i've been fortunate to work with a lot of uh, data scientists and also like you know the the folks who understood ai even before data science was a big thing and then over the years uh, you know you learn how to take the humans what they have done and you know these advancements in various areas whether it's in computing or data mix all of them together you know how do you create great solutions and talking about that you're you've been at catapult for a little while now you've already done a lot but as you look ahead you think about kind of the, the big picture vision of what might be possible in the next 5 to 10 years at the intersection of ai and sports what do you see what do you see at catapult and maybe what are some things you see that catapult might not be undertaking but it will also be big in ai and sports yeah as i said um sports you can think of like there are a lot of things happen in sports right we are focused on coaching and you know performance analysis aspects of it because we are in the business of helping teams and coaches and athletes right that's our mission so but you can also think like there is a lot of ai can be used in sports for you know betting and what not so we are not super interested in that <laughs> as as a company right now so i do see the biggest thing which is happening is as i explained before bringing this tools in pro into the consumer you know how do you bridge that gap as you make the advancement in ai right um, and do it in a uh, in a way it's affordable right because now we have democratized the data pretty much you know so now you have to democratize the ai that's to me is the big thing as an industry for us specifically we are excited about contextualizing everything right because as i said there are wearable devices which tells you certain things from the data uh, then you have vision computer vision 
So when you mix these things and eventually with uh, health data, right, you know, uh, you have to be very careful about it with uh, privacy and, you know, uh, all those things, which we understand as a company extremely. That's our DNA, actually. All right. Um, we have been doing this, keeping our customers' data uh, in a, such a secure way. And, um, but when you bring start bringing those third element of it, then you start to kind of create very interesting solutions at the pro level. Then you got to bring that to the next level. So now you imagine all of a sudden you are putting tens of millions of athletes because I'm a firm believer that everybody is an athlete, right? Every human being is an athlete. It is a question of, you know, some people talk about it, some people don't. But how do you help each one of them all around the world to be a better athlete? Uh, that That's the mission which excites me. Well, that's absolutely beautiful, Param. I hope you can make it happen. Maybe we can improve my tennis game in the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. I'm up for a game uh, at some point. So uh, I hope somebody builds that uh, robot I'm talking about with a, with a vision and uh, <laughs> uh, something which basically tells me like, you know, during the practice session, hey, there is a lot of wind going on. Like, you know, you may want to consider how hard you are hitting your forehand or something like that. Well, beautiful. Well, Param, thanks so much for coming on. It's a really wonderful conversation. Absolutely great to have you here. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me.